This is episode number 123, Crush It Mondays. What does it mean to be healthy? Welcome to the Sonia Looney Show. This is a podcast about how to live a high-performance life. And on Mondays, I release an episode each week called Crush It Mondays. And I'll bring you an inspiring message, habit, or contemplation to get your week off to a powerful start. And for this week's episode, I want to talk about health. And before I get into it, and while we're on the topic of health, I want to remind you guys that I have an awesome cookbook called the Plant Power Tribe Cookbook. It's a digital cookbook, and it's available at moxieandgrit.com, and many of you have purchased that. Thank you so much. And I also have a free community that you all are welcome to join, which definitely plays in line with what we're talking about in today's episode, the Plant Power Tribe free Facebook group. And again, you don't have to be plant-based in order to join this group. It's just a place where we have healthy habits and support each other to live better lives. Okay, so health. What comes to mind when you hear the word health? For me, the first things that come to mind are things like absence of illness, whether someone exercises, and the food that someone eats. And when we say that someone looks healthy, it usually means that they look fit or maybe they have healthy looking skin. But health goes far beyond exercise and your plate. It's something that we often forget about. And for example, you can look healthy and still have an eating disorder or a mental illness. You can look healthy, but maybe be suffering from burnout or even look healthy and have heart disease. You can look healthy and be unhappy. Overall health is a lifestyle and it's a practice and it just involves a lot more elements than we often think about. After reading Dan Buettner's work with National Geographic a few years ago in Blue Zones and Blue Zones of Happiness, it reshaped what health meant to me. And if you haven't heard of the Blue Zones, the Blue Zones are places in the world where people live and prosper even at age 100 and have the highest concentration of centenarians. So what contributes to this health span into old age? And a lot of times you'll hear people say, I don't want to live to age 100 because it looks terrible. And the way that we treat our bodies and the the habits that we have over the course of our lives can lead to decrepit old age. But if you look at a lot of these places around the world and definitely read Dan's book, if you want to learn more about the different blue zones, There's a lot more that goes into it. And people that are old look younger and they still have ability to use their body. They're still mentally with it and they still feel good. So what are they doing? So directly from Dan's book, he suggests health and longevity include, and this is again, quoting directly from his book, engage in regular low intensity physical activity, often as part of your work, eat until you're 80% full, Eat a diet with a plant slant and limit intake of meats and processed foods. Drink red wine in moderation, but bear in mind that alcohol is linked to certain types of cancer and has toxic effects on your organs when daily consumption exceeds a glass or two. Take time to see the big picture, downshift, and take time to reduce stress. Examples he gives are not rushing, being early, and meditating. Participate in a spiritual community. Make family a priority and be surrounded by people who share Blue Zone values. If you want to learn more about that, you can read the entire book, Blue Zones. And he also has a book, Blue Zones of Happiness, where he talks about places in the world where people are the happiest, according to Gallup surveys. And that actually was one of the reasons I was inspired to get a dog is because in the Blue Zones of Happiness, a dog is a part of the equation. And I can say that a dog does make you happier. And I'm stoked I got one. So I've translated Dan's work to my own life in these ways. 
These are the elements that I attribute to living a healthy life and feeling good. And certainly there is no perfection here. I need to work on a lot of these categories on a regular basis, but having guidelines for myself have been really helpful. So hopefully this will help you think about what's important to you and what a healthy life means to you so that you can create your own guidelines. So here are mine. Exercise and exercise with a positive perspective. In other words, don't use exercise as punishment to burn calories and don't overtrain. I've had kind of a roller coaster relationship with exercise. I used to use exercise as punishment in in college. If I did poorly on a test, I would go punish myself by running as fast as I could on the treadmill. Or if I binge ate, I would make myself exercise harder. And that's not a healthy relationship with exercise. People can use exercise because they don't feel like they're enough. So learning what your relationship with exercise is, is really important. And just having perspective and awareness around that. And overtraining also is not good for your body. So just trying to pay attention to that. Make sure you give yourself enough recovery from exercise. And for me, exercise is always very cardiovascular focused. I grew up playing team sports and tennis, but then I switched to running and now cycling. So things like stretching, doing yoga, or working on strength and mobility are important to overall health and especially for your longevity as an athlete. And I struggle to make these a priority because I want to focus on the more intense side of things. Next, eat as close to a whole foods plant-based diet as possible. And for me, I don't consume any animal products, but I admit that sometimes the whole foods part can be difficult because I'll go out to eat because I'm too lazy to cook. And often when you go out to eat, it's not going to be as healthy as what you could cook at home or eating too many treats or vegan processed food. It can creep in if you don't watch it because we're addicted to that type of stuff. So focusing on eating a whole foods plant-based diet as much as possible or as much as makes sense for you. Next, spend time with friends and family, whomever makes you feel happy. And this one can be hard as well. In Brad Solberg and Steve Magnus's book, The Passion Paradox, they talk about this as well. But for me, when I'm really passionate, I want to apply all my focus to my work. And it's embarrassing to admit this, but when I'm in the thick of my work, I don't actually want to stop and spend time with friends or family. I don't want to make plans with people. I just want to keep working. And I have to remind myself that to make time for all of my friends and family is really important. And after I do, I always feel better. But sometimes going into it, I'm mad that I'm going because I want to keep working. But there are even studies that show that working longer and avoiding social time does not equate to doing better work and certainly doesn't equate to fulfillment and happiness. And I guarantee you that no one on their deathbed says they wish they would have worked harder or worked more. They probably say they wish they would have spent more time with family and friends. So I remind myself of that all the time to keep perspective. Next, spend time looking at the big picture and the meaning of life by reflecting on death and impermanence through reading spiritual texts or philosophy that inspires you so that you can connect to something bigger. And sometimes we think that we are individuals, but we're all connected. And spirituality means something different to everybody. So just making sure that you're checking in with that and what makes sense for you and doing it regularly makes you feel better. Spend time talking to my partner every day without a screen. So things like sitting in the backyard or sitting on the couch with a cup of tea or a glass of wine and just talk. And in Blue Zones, one of the reasons that it's recommended to have a glass of red wine every day is because people do slow down and talk to each other. 
And it just creates that relationship. And you don't need alcohol to do that. So uh, creating a ritual with something like tea or sparkling water, or if you prefer alcohol, wine works, but that slowing down and talking to somebody and having uh, building quality time is important. Working on personal development so that I can continue to learn about who I am so that I can become a better person. And as a result, be of greater service to other people as well. Learning new things is important. Always keeping the brain going because our brain starts atrophying at age 21. And things like learning and things like meditation can prevent atrophy. And you might have heard the episode I did with the cognitive neuroscience Dr. David Vago a couple of weeks. And we talked about the brain atrophying and what we can do to stop that or not stop it, but reduce the speed of that happening. Sleep eight hours per night or more if you can. I know if you have little kids, it might be difficult to do that, but trying to make sleep a priority. For me, the sleep is the backbone to everything. And my sleep, especially if you know me, I'm the first person to leave a party early because I want to make sure that I get sleep. I also am not very good at sleeping in. So staying up really late is not that good for me. Next element is reminding myself that there is more to life than my current goal to gain perspective. So put things like making my own food and going slower at times during the day as a priority. As I mentioned before, I'm guilty of putting work or training as my number one priority and things like cooking or taking a break or spending time with friends become a low priority. And it's interesting how it's usually only after we have had a health event or a difficult life event that we put things as a priority that should have been a priority all along. And again, it's so easy to get focused on your goal and be blinded by your passion that you forget to put other things that make you happy as a priority. And the last is go outside in nature regularly and unplug your headphones. And I love listening to podcasts and listening to music whenever I'm exercising, walking, riding my bike, whatever. But I think it's important to listen to sounds of nature. Like when you're on your bike, listening to the sound of your dirt crunching on the tires or the sound of birds chirping or the sound of the wind blowing through the trees or what does it smell like? What does the air feel like on your skin? Things like this that bring you into the present moment while you're in nature can be very restorative. So I hope that this episode gets you thinking about what living a healthy life means to you so that you can put it in perspective for yourself. And as you can see, I told you my top priorities, but my work will still creep in as number one and other important things fall to the wayside. So by knowing what is healthy for you, it will help you check in and ask yourself, am I sticking to what I think is healthy? What are some areas that need improvement? And realizing it's never going to be perfectly balanced. And sometimes you need to have intentional imbalance, but just being intentional with what you're doing with your time and your energy can help you point it towards what makes you feel best and help you live a more easeful, fulfilled and healthy life. So I hope this was helpful for you guys. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate you being a part of my community and doing these episodes for you guys inspires me to be better every day. So thanks so much for helping inspire me to be better as well. Wishing you all the best success in your training and adventures. And we'll see you back here for one of my interview episodes in just a few days.